0: I'm Ayla Ellison, and you're listening to The Top Line, brought to you by Fierce Pharma and Fierce Biotech. In today's episode, we delve into the initiatives of AstraZeneca, a pharmaceutical company making waves with its commitment to a greener future. AstraZeneca's recent environmental sustainability pledges have been making headlines, from innovative deals for renewable natural gas to a bold commitment to plant hundreds of millions of trees. To shed light on these endeavors, Eric Sagonowski from Fierce Pharma sits down for an exclusive conversation with Pam Cheng, the AstraZeneca executive at the forefront of driving the company's ambitious sustainability agenda. Here they are.
1: Pam, I often see executive commitments and quotes about the importance of considering sustainability when operating a pharmaceutical company, but it seems to me like I've seen more tangible follow through from AstraZeneca. Just to open up, can you talk about why this is important to your company? And do you think AstraZeneca is a leader among its peers?
2: Oh, absolutely. This is a topic that many of us at AstraZeneca is very passionate about. We are absolutely in a leadership position, and I would say we are in it because we believe that strong connection between healthy planet and healthy people, right? So we are in the business of helping to make people healthy and live longer. However, we understand that that mission is impossible when we don't have a healthy planet. So we made that connection uh, many years ago, and this is why we are absolutely in the space of sustainability in a big way. So we are taking variable actions, right? So climate change is impacting our health, and with a rise in chronic conditions like respiratory disease, cancers, and heart conditions, seven million people die every year because of pollution, and many more millions die due to heat exhaustion. And we don't have to go very far. You look at this summer, many countries around the world with record high temperatures and resulting in a number of deaths from heat exhaustion. So climate change is real. The health impact is real. And I, we really do believe that within the healthcare sector, we have an obligation to do our part.
1: That's interesting. Uh, can you take me back to when AstraZeneca made this a priority? And for yourself personally, when did your involvement start?
2: So I joined AstraZeneca in 2015. I would say we started tracking our energy consumption, our water usage, our waste generation. We started that back in 2015. So I think we've always been very conscious of our environmental impact and the need to protect it. I think the big transition is 2021, when we were among the first seven companies that had our net zero, um, targets verified by the SBTI, which is the science-based target, uh, corporate standards. So we were among the the first seven company in the world, um, to do that. We are also focusing on reforestation and biodiversity. So I would say we've been always been conscious of this for many years now. But in 2021, we took the bold step to have our net, to set our net zero targets and had, and, and get it verified.
1: I see. And last year, there was another pledge by AstraZeneca and other companies focusing on the supply chain, patient care systems, and clinical trials. This was called the Sustainable Markets Initiative Health Systems Task Force. Can you provide an update on that?
2: Oh, absolutely. So we are founding members, uh, a founding member of the Sustainable uh, Market Initiative, um, which is effectively aiming to, to drive change, with sustainability at scale across the industry. So, our CEO, Pascal Sorio, is a founding uh, member of that, and he's playing a leadership position in the healthcare sector. So, we understand we can't do this alone, right? So, no one company or single country or government can do this alone. So, we need to make sure that we can help our partners and the sector and beyond to really scale this across all of the industry. And I give you a couple of examples. One of the things that was actually very recent, the healthcare CEOs who are members of the SMI, the Sustainable Market Initiative, issued an open letter to our suppliers. So you can imagine significant companies like ourselves, every year we buy billions of dollars worth of material and services from companies and partners that we work with. So not only it's important for AstraZeneca, and companies like ourselves to be more sustainable, to operate in sustainable ways, we need partners across the value chain to do the same, right? As a matter of fact, 96% of our greenhouse gas emissions come from our suppliers, the service and and the materials we buy. So one of the things that we did recently was the CEO of the healthcare uh, companies within the SMI initiative issued an open letter to suppliers asking them to commit to joint minimum targets and play their part in the carbonization across a healthcare value chain. So I think initiatives like the SMI is absolutely affecting across a value chain and calling more and more companies and entities to become more sustainable.
1: That's interesting. So is that is it right to say that is just a request right now? And could that eventually affect business decisions on who you go with? That's a great question,
2: Eric. So we start with a request, of course. And ultimately we will declare and we already declare in some ways that we would only partner with those companies that do business in sustainable ways. Ultimately, there could be that tough decision that we can't do business with these companies because they refuse to be sustainable. And we call to our, to do the same. So you think about the, Multi tiers of supply chain. So, really, that is that I do believe that will become a reality. And within AstraZeneca, we are actually preparing for that. Our supply chain team is looking across our end to end value chain and, and identifying partners that we really, in some cases, may need to help to be more sustainable. Being sustainable will take investment upfront, will take resources upfront, but we do believe over time, being more sustainable is actually good for the business. So we are looking proactively across the landscape of our suppliers and and looking at ways by which we can encourage, help, and ultimately, if we must, then we will take our business elsewhere with companies that are more sustainable.
1: I see. In the last few months, I've seen some announcements from your company about striking deals to plant millions of trees or securing renewable natural gas supplies. Can you just talk to me about how these deals come together, how you're finding these partners and what they mean for you?
2: Absolutely. So those are the two major undertakings that we are embarking on. So let me talk about the, the AZ Forest program first. This is where we've committed to investing $400 million to plant and maintain 200 million trees around the world. As part of this effort, we're going to be restoring over 100,000 hectares across six continents by 2030. And obviously with additional biodiversity and community benefits in, in, in these areas. So this is very significant. And we are the first healthcare company to make this level of commitment to global reforestation. So we, we absolutely believe this is the right thing to do. And we will continue to focus on that. Now, on the renewable um, natural gas. This is a, a passion of mine because I run the manufacturing network within AstraZeneca. Now making medicines is a quite energy intensive operations. So we've been thinking through this for many years now is how do we move away from fossil fuel natural gas to renewable natural gas like biomethane, for example. We made the announcement in June. We partnered with a company called Vanguard Renewables With an ambition that by 2026, we will be powering all of our R&D and manufacturing facilities in the United States with biogas. And as a matter of fact, as of June, just to prove that this is scalable and doable, one of our manufacturing facilities in Delaware, as of June 1st, we've actually turned that facility on with biogas. So the entire site is now Power by renewable natural gas, which what we call the biogas. The, the way we generate renewable natural gas in this case is we take the farm waste, we take food waste, and we put it through what we call an anaerobic digestion process by which we generate methane gas and then we purify and scrub it and send the biogas through the national grid to power facilities And then the solid waste that's coming through from the process goes back to the farm as cow beds. And then the liquid waste coming through from the process is actually incredibly nutrient, full of nutrient. And that goes back to the farm as nutrients for their operation. So you can see here, this is a perfect example of circular economy in motion where these food waste and farm waste would have generated methane gas which is bad for the environment if not used but through this process we can use it we can generate biogas that can power a facility thereby we'll go away from fossil fuel and the solid and liquid waste are put to good use so super exciting we are doing this in the united states but we are also doing this in the uk we are doing it, this in sweden in sweden is a lot of wind power For example, so really, this whole notion of renewable energy is something that AstraZeneca is taking on in a very serious way. And our ambition is to go away from natural gas and replace all of our energy with renewable
1: energy. That's fascinating. You mentioned that reforestation and renewable natural gas are two of your priorities. Are there other areas where you and your team are looking to uh, reduce your environmental footprint? Just to give us a sense for what some other potential strategies are.
2: That's a dangerous question, Eric, because I can talk <laughs> about this for hours on end. But let me give you a couple of okay. examples where I, I feel like the listeners can relate to. So let's talk about the leaflets in our medicines. So if you've ever gotten a box, a blister in the box in terms of tablets, let's say, you will always find an insert, right, which is what we call the patient leaflet. So it's got all the information about the medicine inclusive of their molecule and the indications, the usage and, and all the other useful information for patients. Now, if you unfold, they are usually folded neatly and tightly compact. And if you unfold them, it can probably cover a decent part of your kitchen table, <laughs> right? And with fine prints that someone of my age will probably need a magnifying glass to to look at. So what we've done. We've worked with industries, working with regulators around the world, and Japan is actually the trailblazer. In Japan, we have got rid of all the paper leaflets. It's now all electronic or digital. So effectively, there's a barcode on the box, and with a smartphone, you can scan that barcode and all of the patient information about that medicine will will come to your phone in a very well-organized fashion, searchable usable in a much easier way. And just in that one market, we were, a- we were able to reduce, I think, equivalent of, of 5,000 trees a year and tons of waste that we would have generated given the paper. So it really is very few initiatives. There's like win, 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 right? It's a huge win for the patients because the the information is now more user friendly. You can search it. You don't have to look at the fine prints. And when we do have updates on these patient information, it's more real time. You don't have to take the lead time to print it, to replace and so on and so forth. It's good for the environment for obvious reasons, right? And it's also good for the payers. Um, it's more efficient for us, you know, in terms of our operations. So Japan has completely shifted. We were the first among the first companies to do it. And we were eight months ahead of the journey. There's other markets like Singapore, for example, Canada, who are now moving in that direction as well. And ultimately, United States and Europe and Asia will, will be following. So this is a super good, in my opinion, a super cool use of digitalization. And that doesn't mean for the patients who don't have a smartphone is left are left without the critical information. So at the pharmacies and the areas of dispensing, for example, paper copies will always be available based on requests. Our ambition is by 2030, we have all of our major products on digital e leaflets globally. So it's a huge ambition. We need to work with the regulators around the world. And we see more and more countries who want to follow suit. So definitely something to look out for. The, the second thing the, and the last thing I would mention is this notion of near zero um, emissions propellant. So we, have, we are big in respiratory. We have um, inhalers. That have um, propellants in the inhalers, something called what we call the meter dose inhalers. And so we are now, ha- we have a huge uh, project initiative now. It's been going on for about five years now, actually, where we've actually looked, we've partnered with Honeywell because the near zero propellant for pharmaceuticals don't exist. So we work with Honeywell and we develop a near zero emission propellant. And we're now going, th- through the toxicity and, and safety trials and studies. And ultimately, our goal is to replace all of our propellants with the near zero next generation propellant with all of our inhaler devices. So once again, this one is taking significant investment, hundreds of millions of dollars to do because we would do it the right way, obviously, following the science However, it's the right thing to do for the environment and and also for the patient.
1: Well, those are some great examples. I have another question. Have you heard from people or peers at other pharma companies who are interested in some of these initiatives? And do you think we might start to see more and more of these announcements in the months and years to come?
2: I I do. I absolutely do believe so. I think obviously AstraZeneca is standing out as as a mover and shaker in this space. And we are clearly in a leadership position in many of these space, but our belief is again, we can't do this alone. So we need everyone to come with us. So it's part, part of our objectives, like the renewable natural gas, for example. Part of our objective is to show people that it's doable, it's scalable, right? Yes, it takes a bit of investment up front, but oh, longer term, it's good for the business, it's good for the environment, um, it's good for the communities we live in. So I do believe as the sector sees the possibilities and sees examples for example, with the progress we are making within AstraZeneca, for example, there will be more and more of interest, which I'm seeing already. And we also partner with one another. So there's, I, I get a lot of calls and pings on, hey, Pam, tell me about what you are doing in this space. How are you doing this? And how are you doing that? And this is an area where we share. We share broadly and we want more people to do what we are doing, more company to do what we are doing, because that's ultimately what it's going to take. So yes, it's a long answer to your question, but I think it's an absolute yes that we will see a lot more movement, hopefully, within the sector and beyond um, in the near future.
1: That's great to hear. Uh, another uh, question I have is that this is a large kind of existential issue, and we see all these announcements, but I feel like the regular Joe doesn't really know how to approach this issue. How can the normal, the regular Joe keep follow through or follow up on these commitments and make sure companies are being accountable? So, I
2: think this is where the science based target initiative is very important. That's the gold standard of reporting for sustainability, right? SBTI. So, this is why back in 2021, we were among the first companies to say we will be, we will get off targets verified by SBTI so that we're not grading our own homework, if you will, to your point, yeah. right? So using that gold standard, using a science-based approach, making sure that every step along the way, we are doing the right thing, we're making the right progress, and we're showing the sector and beyond what's possible. So I think that's one way of making sure that we're holding companies to account. The other thing is really getting the word out there, right? So this podcast, for example, Eric, really thank you for doing it because this is a critical topic and it's important for the average person who is not in this, these type of business or, or sectors to hear about it and to get excited that we can have a healthy planet. We can improve the, the state of our planet if we all act together with a sense of urgency.
1: Thank you very much, Pam. Those are really interesting to learn about. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate the time with you.
0: That's it for The Top Line. I'm Ayla Ellison. You can find out more about this topic in our show notes at fierce.com. Look for podcasts. And that's the bottom line from The Top Line.